Hi, this is Mark, and thank you for joining me on Words of Truth today. Have you ever bought a new toy for your child, and when you got it home, you read the box, and it said, Some Assembly Required? Those three words can throw fear into the strongest dad or mom. Am I right? What follows are several late-night hours of squeezing A into B, bolting D into F, hoping that nobody notices that steps four, five, and six were skipped altogether. Raise your hand if you can relate. We wanted to buy a gift for our child, but what we got was a project, and sometimes a project for life. That sentence, some assembly required, isn't a sentence we always welcome. I mean, come on, we'd rather it come fully assembled. But it's an honest sentence. In fact, maybe marriage licenses should include those words in large print. Maybe job contracts should have those words in large print. Babies should definitely exit the womb with a toe tag that says, Some Assembly Required. You see, although life is a wonderful gift, the reality is that it's disassembled. It comes in pieces and it sometimes falls to pieces. I think you know what I'm talking about. Part A doesn't always fit Part B. I always say that when I start a project of any kind, I'll have to do it at least twice because it's inevitable that something will go wrong or something will be missing or something won't fit happened to me yesterday. This seems to be a problem that everyone in the human race can identify with. I mean, please write to me if you're that one person who doesn't have one area in your life that isn't working. And the question is, how should we respond when we can't get the pieces to fit? What do we do with frustrations and anger and disappointment? And no, the answer is not to get a bigger hammer. Although that does work for some projects, believe me. Well, I'd like to say that I always respond to my issues in life by praying about them. But the truth is, uh, I don't always pray, at least immediately. In fact, if I can be very honest with you, prayer is hard work. Sometimes when I pray, my mind wanders. Sometimes when I'm praying, I'll start thinking about a project I'm working on. On occasions, I've actually fallen asleep. How about you? If attention deficit disorder applies to prayer, I think I've got it. But the thing that I do know and believe is that there's power in prayer, even simple prayers. Let me give you an example. Maybe you recall the story of when Jesus finally launches his public ministry and he finds himself in a wedding His mother, Mary, seems to be heading up the party, or at least, you know, she knows the party members to a greater uh, degree than others. And so maybe it was a wedding of one of his siblings. I don't know. That's just speculation. But we're not told whose wedding it was, but for some reason, Jesus had been invited. And while he was there, the wedding party ran out of wine. Well, in those days, that would have been like running out of Gatorade at a soccer game. I mean, talk about embarrassing. And so in John chapter 2 and verse 3, Mary comes to Jesus and says, they have no wine. 
By the way, this is one of the rare occasions when we see recorded words from Mary. I wish God would have let the authors of the Bible write more of what Mary said, because, I mean, come on, who knew more about Jesus than Mary? Anyway, they've run out of wine. Now, in my books, that's a prayer. I mean, she's talking about Jesus, right? And who is Jesus? Well, he's the creator of the universe. He's God in the flesh, and Mary knew that. And so in making a request from Jesus, she's offering a prayer. Now, I want you to notice the simplicity of Mary's prayer. She wasn't bossy, even though she was Jesus' mother in the flesh. She, she didn't say, Jesus, they've run out of wine, so here's what I need you to do. Go down to that grove over there on the corner and get some grapes and accelerate the fermentation and turn it into wine. No, she didn't try to fix the problem. And she wasn't critical either. She didn't say to Jesus, wow, these people didn't plan very well. People just don't think ahead these days. What has society come to? <laughs> she didn't do that. Neither did she blame Jesus. She didn't say, what kind of a Messiah are you? You should have known this would have happened and done something to prevent it. I mean, don't we do that sometimes today? We blame God when things go wrong in our lives, when part A doesn't fit part B. But I want you to also notice that she didn't blame herself. She didn't say, it's all my fault. I'm a failure. I should have given better advice. I should have seen this thing coming. The wedding is ruined because of me. Their, their marriage is going to be in shatters. No, she didn't do that. She didn't do any of those things, and she didn't whine about the wine, but she just simply stated the problem. And then Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And then listen to what Mary said next. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now that's crazy. She didn't come up with an alternate solution to her problem. She didn't even go to somebody else who might have had a better answer than Jesus did. But isn't that exactly what we do when we get an answer from God that we don't like? We try another solution. We kick and whine. Or we tell God that if he won't help, then we'll just do it ourselves. You see, this wasn't the time or the place that Jesus intended to reveal himself as the Messiah, and he had no intention of saving the wedding party, but then Mary showed up. Mary was somebody that he loved and who had a genuine need. So listen to what he did. Now, there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. And so they took it. And when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Hmm. Now, the only ones who knew that the water became wine was 
the servants who drew the water, and well, and maybe Mary. Now, that's an answer to a simple prayer. There was a problem. Mary presented the problem to Jesus, and Jesus answered the prayer, and the crisis was avoided. And it was all because Mary entrusted her problem to Jesus. It was her simple request that moved Jesus to a divine response. You know, sometimes I think that if I took every problem I have during the day to Jesus, that I'd be talking to him all day long. But wait a minute. Isn't that the point? In fact, that's pretty much what Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 instructs us to do. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what about 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17? It tells us to pray without ceasing. In other words, live in the presence of God every day. Tell everything to God. You don't have, you don't have to be on your knees before your Bible for a half an hour to pray. But you can be in your kitchen or your shop, under the hood of your car, or in bed with a fever and offer a simple prayer to God. You see, when life doesn't fit, it's easy to worry or to be critical or to get mad and throw something, but, but maybe a better idea is to take Mary's example and take your problem to Jesus and leave it there. She simply stated her problem, she presented it faithfully, and trusted him humbly. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll tune in again next week and invite a friend to come along with you.